Hello, and welcome to an episode of Melanated and Educated. I'm your host, Destiny, and today I'm here with Ava. Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. So, first of all, we're supposed to record this episode, like, before graduation. Yeah. <laughs> Life literally happened. <laughs> no, literally. And we were just talking about this, but, like, the whole college thing, like, why am I independent? Why am I contacted the doctors for my health med? health records it literally is such a process and I think nobody truly explains like yeah like mom's gonna be but this is your business like this is your time to kind of step into adulthood and step into like real responsibility yeah it's kind of sick like I (laughs) so okay so I just turned well I didn't just turn like I'm getting old but I'm 17 now right so (laughs) I had to um, renew my passport because my mom, we were, we're going on a trip for her birthday, which is in like the winter time. So like the very end of the year. So tell me why my passport expired. Because when you're like a minor and you're like 13, when you get your passport, it doesn't last forever. Like it, it expires. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I have to sign up for a new passport. Like, cause you can't just renew it. Cause it was like a minor passport. And once you're like 17, you have to get like an adult passport. I keep saying passport, but let's just drill the point in. Am I right? So now I have to do all this documentation and go up to the courthouse. And for what? Like a little, I think it was probably literally around my 18th birthday. She was like, I have a surprise. It's that raggedy passport. (laughs) She went and got the passport and everything. And it was like, the picture is so bad. But at least I got my passport. I am now licensed. Period. It's probably not that bad. No. I'm going to show you. Okay. Okay. When we're done. No. My passport, first of all, so I just have to get this off my chest. People will be like, you look exactly the same as you did freshman year. And sometimes I'm like, okay, but then I saw my picture from my passport and that was a little chipmunk. When I tell you, like, I don't know, it looked like bee stings everywhere. That baby fat was stuck on there like glue, like, and I looked cute or whatever. But the fact that that had been my recognizer for the past five years when I don't look like that is so unserious. I definitely feel like, People are so used to our faces in a way that they're kind of just like, you didn't change. Like, look at you. Like, you're still that baby from ninth grade. Right. But you really did change. It's like your peers can see it. But almost like if you went to your mom, your mom's going to be like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> the same. What do you mean? No, for me, it's like the opposite. Like, my mom be like, yeah, like your face is slimmed out or whatever. And my friends would be like, no, you look like you were 12. You look exactly the same. I remember last year, literally last year, I was cleaning out my mom's classroom during the summer and I was wearing overalls. And my friend was like, why'd you put this throwback here? Like, this is not you. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, you're sick and twisted and deranged and um ill. And that's a great segue actually into who we're talking about today. Um, <laughs> King George, listen, first of all, <laughs> Don't make that face, because you know I'm right. And then once I realized that King George III was the same King George III from Hamilton, I said, wait, we get in two different perspectives, two different narratives. <laughs> I was I was listening to Hamilton, because I was not watching it, but I was listening to it. And um, You'll Be Back, like the song came on. And I just kept thinking, I just had to skip it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't listen to this the same anymore. Like, when you're gone, I'll go mad. Don't make me sick to my stomach. He was already mad. Don't do that. He was already mad. My father, they had one foot out the door. He was mad. 
No, literally. I, I lucky, like, even though I'm glad they didn't put that in there, because I would have hated him as a character as soon as they put in, oh, I love slaves, oh, colonization. But also, like, when was this happening? Because, like, he was married, right? So when was he married? And when was he doing his stuff? You know what I mean? Like, I got so deep into the lore <laughs> of Bridgerton and King George that I had to, like, say, we got to get out of the fiction. Let's get into reality. Uh, I did like a deep dive and I was like, oh my gosh, like she was a bit younger. Like she was 17 and he was around like 23 and he started going mad around like 27. Okay. So we had a couple years. So we had a couple years. So I would definitely say in between that time of him going pre-mad, I want to say like him pre-mad and he kind of probably had his moments where he was like, You'll be back. Wait and see. Just remember, you belong to me. <laughs> um, I do not like you. No, I remember this is going to get, this is a confessional. So when I was in middle school, I actually didn't like Hamilton. Like, because I was like, you're an embarrassment to theater kids. Like, why is everybody playing this? And then I listened to it and it was crack cocaine. But that was besides the point. Like, I was very like snooty and uppity. And I was like, no, I'm a Heather's girl, which again, there's another thing to unpack there, but I was like, I'm not gonna listen to Hamilton like at all. Like I'm quirky, I'm different. I'm not like the other theater kids, babe. But right, so then I get into it. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of it's is groovy for me, right? And then yeah. there was this dark. I'm setting the scene. This dark, stormy night, right? <laughs> like it's terrible, and my friend is sending me something, and it's like this reaction video to a Hamilton fan fiction why are you writing fan fiction about the founding fathers oh my gosh i feel like that's that's how you know you're deep in because it's one thing to be like i'm a fan i'm a stan baby you went in you you were fan fiction you were in deep like no i just think it's so funny like i can't lie i wasn't really i was I was into musicals, but Miss Hutch got me into Hamilton. Period. And I remember I was listening to it. And I was like, this is because I wasn't into the whole thing. I think I haven't, I didn't really like listen to it, like the whole thing until I got Disney Plus. Okay. And then I watched it. But I was a big satisfied Skylar Sisters girly um story of tonight, like yeah. my big three. And then I listened to the whole thing. I can say. I am happy. No, the the first song, I one of the first songs I remember hearing was Say No to This, and I hate hoes. I at least I did at the time. So I was like, you're a whore, homewrecker. Beep, beep. I mean, I mean I wasn't cursing because I don't curse, but I was like, beep, 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 shame on you, shame on your family, dishonor on your cow. Like I was really like, no, I will not listen to this. But then they put Aaron Burser on. And if you don't know, Aaron Burser and Farmer Refuted were my songs. For the longest time, when I tell you I was invincible, I had the words down in like a day. I can't lie. You're, you're <laughs> I know how y'all like to tussle. Don't get me for this. But the vocals to say no to this were just too good. I had to, I had to skip over the song. <laughs> like every time I play it, I just sit and melt into it. Like I visualize all of that like. But she was dead, bro. Eliza, she was at the house chilling. Eliza never thought her man was going to step out on her like this. Never. Actually, yes, she did. As soon as he saw <laughs> me. 
No, because she knew there's a risk. Like, she couldn't leave them together in the same room without her and the kids there. However, comma, she didn't think it was going to be for a stranger. Like, she thought he was going to keep it in the family. And that's the difference, guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I definitely feel like the Skylar sister love triangle lore. And what I'm about to say, you're going to get me. But when Bridgerton season two first came out, I was so deep. Eliza, Angelica, uh, Anthony was Hamilton. Like, I really, 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 I know my sister. Like, I know my own mind with them. Like, and you're right. And you're right. It was so, like, it was so them coded in a way because, because the book, remember, when I first read the book, I was, I was so heated because I was like, why did they do this? It was almost like they... They took it, and I get it. They wanted that slow burn. But in the book, <laughs> anybody that's read the book, you know, there was never, ever, ever, ever a love between Anthony and the little sister. It mm. skipped straight to Kate. And I really enjoyed that because I felt like in the series, I keep forgetting her name. Edwina. They keep making Edwina seem like she's fiending for this love because <laughs> Back in the period, she technically was beating for that love. But in a sense, it's like she's so oblivious to this man not wanting her. <laughs> Which I think was also weird because she's clearly in the show so good with people and reading people. And you're saying she read that he was not into you. And also this whole thing, I really liked her character, but I think it I think they should have just gave her a new character because the fact that like the whole point of her in the book was like she's kind of on her way to being a spinster like her sister like she wasn't super into it and Edwina and this one's like um you know like I've always wanted to be in love but also like forget you Kate for saying that I should want to fall in love for my marriage like she was just it was very strange and I feel like that was where that was the only disconnect I had with season two that whole I don't want Kate was not a villain in my eyes never and anything Kate did I feel like she did this out of love. Like, she was just trying to protect you. I love my sister more than anything in this life. Like, come on now. Like, it was so angelic. Like, satisfied was the only thing that played through my mind when Kate and Anthony were on the screen. Because I'm like, she loves you. But she loves her sister more. Right. But Edwina, like, in the book, Edwina kind of is like, so Kate kind of goes to Edwina and she's like, I'm sorry. I know you want to marry him. This and Edwin was like, girl, I knew he didn't want me. You could tell by the first time he looked you in your eyes that he was in love with you. Stop. Why don't you just Shonda? Shonda. <laughs> I just kept thinking, Shonda. Sometimes she takes the books and she says, hmm, normal, abnormal. <laughs> well the the season three i was i think i i don't know if i talked to you about this but my mom showed me the season three pictures of penelope and then i saw that tweet and it was like she looks beautiful too bad she's going to hell and i said but you know what i heard she was like a lot and you probably know this because you know i haven't read the books yet she was a lot more like likable in the books because i will say this in the show they tried to make her ambitious but they just made her like nasty spirited at times to me like i still like her because i feel like she's the only sane person from her family but her family is just insane so like that's not a high bar you know i have to i have to take a breather before i get into their mama 
Their <laughs> mother was a mess. Their mother is the whole reason why Penelope's mom, Lady Featherington, Miss Lady, is the whole reason why Kate Anthony were forced into the marriage because she was kind of like, well, she kind of said it to, to um, Lady Violet and she was like, if they don't get married, I'm telling the whole town what I saw out in the garden. Just like, well, that's how they changed it with her daughter in the show. I remember you mm-hmm. talking about that. But I know in the books, Penelope in the books, my, I am, this, I have to, this is controversial. I'm not excited for season three. Me either. I'm not excited. And I will say why I'm not excited. I feel like I understand why they're kind of skipping around the orders of the books. But at the same time, it makes no sense because Penelope and what's him to call it? Colin. See why you don't know his name? Because he doesn't matter. Colin and Penelope's book, I did like a short, I read like a little snippet. Mm-hmm. Their book comes at a cost. Their book kind of, it shows Penelope doesn't want Colin, but Colin now realizes I want Penelope. But the but what makes it weird that they're going to take that and turn it into the show now is that in the end of season two, Penelope and Colin are like, she's still fiending for Colin. Because he literally said I would never date... <laughs> My thing is, right, so he literally said I would never date Penelope, yada, 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 at the end because she was running off crying, whatever, boo-hoo crying because she lost her best friend and her best friend's brother who she was in love with, whatever, right? <laughs> but the thing is, like, the whole point was that I feel like she needed season three with Benedict and Sophie to, like, come into her own so that way in season four she could be like, I don't need your love six reference. Come on now. I was so ready. I don't think I'm literally going to go get their book. But not Penelope. Um, Benedict and Sophie. Like I'm getting the book because I actually everybody's like, oh, nobody wants to see a Cinderella story. Cinderella stories are tired. I want to see it. If there's one person in the room that wants to see it, it's me. Right. I want to see it because their book is actually really rich. Like I read a little bit of it and I realized, like, first of all, Arthur Quinn. Let's get into it. Arthur Quinn knows how to write a strong female lead and then turn her into a weird submissive woman. Stop. What? Like, she knows how to write a strong character who's like, because you can clearly tell that she knows how. Mm-hmm. But then it's that weird middle part where she's like, you know what? I'm going to make this man your end all be all. You know, I heard she's kind of like Stephanie Myers. Like, she was like, I just don't see people of color in my stories. Like, I just feel like that's not authentic to the truth. Mind you, you're writing about, okay, but then then Shauna Rhimes came on and you knew, I feel like that was your little taste. Because yes, you did get money, but you have to see, you have to see people who don't look like you every single day. She was humbled. She was definitely humbled. Because like, she- this is not Twilight, first of all. Also, the fact that they're making a Twilight show, I think that's so funny. What do you... I like Twilight. I'm not going to lie. I do. I think the first movie is genuine comedy. I think it's so funny and so silly. And I will stick beside that to this day. However, do we need you to make it over again? We don't. We don't need to see that. (laughs) And then it's kind of like... I remember because my mom has all the books. Like, my mom is a big Twilight stan. Mm -hmm. 
So I remember my mom always said, like, I don't see why everybody hates um, Christian Stewart's acting. And she was like, if you read the books, this is how she's supposed to act. Like, she deserves an Oscar. This is, this is how she was supposed to act as Bella. But if you, if you ignore Christian Stewart, you look at the lines, like, what is she supposed to say? Like, oh my gosh, Edward. Like, there's only so many ways you can deliver that for real. Like, getting thrown into a table. How do you want her to get thrown into a table? Like, it's almost like, they they look at the book and then they look at that dark stank blue tint that they put over the first movie <laughs> and expect her to be excited. Ain't nobody <laughs> happy. That blue tint haunts me. Like every time I cut on the movie, I think to myself, out of all the tints, they chose this here must be blue. It's a style. It's a style. It's a choice. It's you know, you know, you know. But I love how it exaggerated, like like exactly what you just said. I just came from Arizona to this dark, murky, rainy place. <laughs> and then the thing is, like, I don't know. I rewatched the first movie like a couple months ago because I was like, let me just because I'm finally at the demographic that it was meant for me to be at this whole time. Yes. And so I watched it, and why is it genuinely so funny? Like, because everyone knew it wasn't serious on set. Like everybody was laughing at all those lines, and I was so tickled. I was like, "Yeah, this is camp." And then they started to get real serious with it later on, and that's why people say Twilight's terrible because it started taking stuff too seriously. I still like it either way, but you go from like laughing and calling him Spider Monkey to trying to make sure he don't kill himself in the middle of the day, sparkling <laughs> in Rome. <laughs> like what? Oh my gosh, that is my least favorite movie out of the whole series. I hate that movie. What I you? never watch it. What you I've know? watched it. I can I've only watched it three times. I will never watch it more than three times because the first time I watched it, I was younger. It was with my mom. So it was kind of just like, okay. But then I rewatched it at my big age. And I just thought to myself, Bella, girl. <laughs> When she over that fountain in slow motion to come get him, I remember I, I, it got to the point where I literally asked, I sat my mom down. I asked her, "Did Bella really sit and wait by that window?" And my mom said, "Yes, it's in the book. She really did that. She really sat by that window day in day out, waiting for that man to come back." My thing was like, was she going to school, or did she just get there? That she was in the bed like this. <laughs> Edward, that's the vibes that she was giving me. School no, who? She really was. She probably bringing the was. homework to the house. <laughs> no, like I just know Jacob came off. The, no, because it's when he wasn't talking to her. I remember he wasn't because he, he was going through his own little thing. Exactly. So she don't got nobody to complain about. This is so off topic, but I remember one time I had a friend in fifth grade, and she moved away to like Colorado, and I realized I had her number. So one day I was like, hey. And then we would get on FaceTime and complain to each other about people who we had no clue who they were. Because at this point, like, she had moved. It, was, it had been, like, three years, and I found her number on my phone. So this was, like, eighth grade. And we were like, I don't even know who that is, but tell me more. And I feel like that's what she would have done with Jacob had he been there. Like, just been like, yes. she's getting on me so bad. He's like, okay, who's Jessica? Who is that? Oh, Lord. Jacob, because she couldn't have told him nothing about Edward. He don't want to hear that. No. He don't want to hear that. Right. I feel like my least favorite part about that movie is simply just the fact that Bella was starving for Edward's attention that much. And it's almost like she didn't, for one second, she didn't sit down and think, maybe my man is doing this for my own good. 
but you know depression is like that like because she was sitting there barely eating probably stinking out the room like <laughs> oh no <laughs> she was like she was not in the right state of mind to be like logic Edward. Like, and charlie was such a realistic dad because let me tell you something about my mom my mom would have opened the door you're gonna end up just like edward dead if you don't get out of this room you're gonna be just like him no charlie tried I feel like, because my favorite movie is Breaking Dawn Part 2. Okay. I am a Breaking Dawn Part 2 girly. And my baby after the Loch Ness Monster? Oh my gosh. Iconic. <laughs> Nessie. Iconic. I still make this joke with my mom because my mom always says, like, Jacob was just so obsessed with Bella. And I always say, mm-mm, mm-mm. The embryo. You're Not sick. her. You're sick. The embryo. No. But- I don't know what Stephanie was thinking, being like, he's in love with an unfertilized egg. Mm. I've read some things about her. She's that unhinged. I wish she's unhinged. She's unhinged. She's unhinged. When that one, I don't know if it's a rumor or a myth or that she, or she confirmed it, but I remember like I read somewhere that Twilight is based off of her, her brothers. And I was like, as a grown woman. Like um, I said, not as a grown woman, you know, Utah, like you don't grow out of that. Mm. <laughs> get out. She had the plan and the platform. Stop. She said, We're getting out of Utah. Stop. No, but you know, I remember one time. So, me and my friend, so this was during like when we had online school. So, we would FaceTime at night and we would read this book. Have you ever heard of Crave? One more time. Have you ever heard of Crave? No, so I want to hear about it. It's advertised as if Twilight was feminist, and that's not true. But I oh, <laughs> so what happened was let me just I'm, I'm gonna give you the quick rundown of like the first. It's 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 like if you combine TVD with Twilight and then threw like a little something extra in there that I don't really know, right? Okay. So it's like my name is Grace. My parents just got brutally murdered in a car accident. And I had to move from California. <laughs> I had to move from California to Alaska. Um, and I have no friends um, because I had to move out of out of state and I had to take a little plane to get here. So I'm in this completely isolated private school that my uncle runs where there's no real cell reception. And I'm completely by myself. And everyone here is really weird. Um, this is not really a spoiler because it's in the first couple chapters. Turns out I go to a school of monsters and I'm the only human girl here. <laughs> or am I? Um and then basically it's like her and then these two brothers and like there's like soul ties and like so basically like you have to reach okay listen 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 okay so at first we thought she was gonna be with the black boy but then he was like i don't like girls like get away from me oh lord <laughs> oh goodness um and that is just so funny to me but i remember they were trying to do like a fan cast and they put jordan fisher at his uh-uh. big age Mind you, this is for a boarding school. So they were in high school. As much as I love Jordan Fisher, what was he going to be doing there? <laughs> right. I was like, nah, no, 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 no. But that book is so, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you, I'm because I don't want to get too much into it because we haven't even gotten to the main topic, the meat of the sandwich yet. But after this, I need to, I'm going to just call you. I'm going to just, what is this? <laughs> I'm going to pick up the telly. I'm gonna pick up the cellular and call you because we have to. I have to get you on pace with Crave. But yeah, so 
we focused, we got in the, the, well, the intro got a little bit outro, but you know, we're here <laughs> and we are going to talk about Queen Charlotte. So yes, that is, that was a terrible segue. I'm so sorry to everyone listening. <laughs> so how do you want to, we talked about Bridgerton a little bit. Okay. My question is, do you think that they're going to have another season like, and have them keep being interwoven between the season breaks or how do you think they're going to do that? I def Shonda. Well, they asked Shonda, and Shonda That's was basically right? just like, "Writer strike, yo, no writer strike." But I definitely do think that they're gonna have more because the fans are gonna keep demanding for it, mm-hmm. and the fans are gonna de- we we they they can have Lady Danber. We don't want her story. I love her boots down, but I just. I, I feel like that would re-traumatize me because I feel like back in those times, Black women kind of, we were kind of pushed, love was on the back burner, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. It's not about love for you. You don't get to be in love. You're going to do what you got to do for your family. It's kind of like what Charlotte's brother said to her in the beginning, like, you don't get to call no shots, babe. (laughs) Talking about you don't know this man. You're going to do this for the country. You're going to do this for me. You're going to do this for Germany and you're going to be happy about it. Real happy. Or I'm coming to London. <laughs> With that whalebone corset on. Now sit up straight. <laughs> he told her straight up. But I feel like they're going to have to do it because if they want to keep doing the Bridgerton kids, we need Edmund and Violet. We just do. I feel like maybe they won't because I liked we're gonna get into it I liked it right I loved it even but how do we continue their story when we already know where they end like you want to see them raising their 15 kids 13 kids or like are they just gonna keep calling it like Queen Charlotte because like you said I want to see Violet Edmund I do especially because that's my charmed baby like did you watch the new charmed yet did you watch it yet I have not started it yet and you literally just reminded me because I've been watching the old one now I'm you just reminded me to go watch it. I'm about to start watching the old one for you. So we'll do like a little slip swap. We'll do a little slip swap. We will. Okay. But yeah. So I don't know. I think it's funny how people was like, they're the next Tom Day. Okay. Context. I'm talking about the Queen Charlotte actress, um, India, Amitifio, and uh, Corey Milchrist, the King George actor. Because they, so for context, because I don't know if y'all, you know, don't know, but India is biracial light-skinned she's yeah black I, I think her ethnicity is like she, I don't know if she's mixed race but I know she's black right so she's a Pakistan and Corey Milkreist is like his name says milk white right so oh people <laughs> people were like oh my gosh their chemistry kiss kiss one one but Milkreist had a girlfriend so then I don't know if you saw their newest press but they are not touching they are like this far apart at all times I didn't want to get into it because I didn't want to sound crazy, but I know I'm not the only one that notices this. Like, it's so weird. And a lot of people are like, well, you got to remember, oh, that still was recorded before. What about the press conferences that they were doing literally, I don't want to say months ago, but literally weeks ago, like they were doing press conferences and appearances together and still being close. I feel like it's, Sometimes when there are actors and, you know, per se, they're in relationships, it's kind of, you naturally can be attracted to someone 
and still be in a relationship, it's up to you to control yourself. <laughs> Down the court. And but I think it's also, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I think it's also weird though, because even though I see the chemistry leaping, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, I hope they get married and have six babies. Like that's when, you lose that's when you lose me. Because what do you mean? Even with Hallie and, um, what's his name? Jonah? Oh, Jonah. Oh, Lord. Because uh, obviously I think they're cute, like Ariel, Eric, what have you. But like, I am I mean, her man's a separate story. I think I have thoughts. However, comma, I'm not going to be like, get with him. I'm going to be like, free yourself, Fantasia, like. Wait, that's not even the right song, but that's okay. Wait. It is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I was like, let me listen to my spirit. My spirit's telling me yes. But go ahead and free yourself, babe. But that don't mean you have to jump into his arms either, just because y'all have chemistry. However, I mean. To be fair. To be <laughs> fair, Hallie and Jonah were kind of like friends before she was dating BBG. Don't even because... say his name, show, man. Don't even say his name. <laughs> <laughs> I really let me tell you what I don't like I don't like tasteless men mm -hmm. so I don't like when men do things that kind of like I don't want to say he's doing it on purpose to like overshadow her because he could never <laughs> but your behavior is rather tasteless and you look you know your girl is the little mermaid like why are you on the internet and then he kept making those secret little posts, them secret little tweets. This is not how, this is how you don't conduct yourself on the internet. Like, did you never hear about that? Trifling. Evil. I think he's kind of unintelligent because he he literally said, this is my spam. Then two days later, started posting on it like, oh, I can't believe Hallie's with this little white boy, whatever. Like, everybody knows that's you. Every, you just said it was you. So everybody knows that's you. He was definitely giving Ursula. He was oh. giving Azalea Banks a little. <laughs> just a little because I don't know if he was hating on her or hating on the fact that everybody loved to see her without him I'm not gonna lie I've never heard his music he keeps saying he's a rapper I've never heard his music you is a YouTuber <laughs> you is a YouTuber you it's I've only heard one song and it's just cause he has this song with Koi Ray. mm-hmm and everybody only likes the Koi Ray part. Oh. You are a YouTuber, babe. <laughs> and as much as I love Hallie, I just can't help but sit back and think, who what are do you? you see in him? <laughs> I just want to know, like, do I, who are you? Like, because I've been listening to your music since middle school, but like, I don't know you. Like, do I love your Instagram lives? Yes, but do I know you? No. Who are you? Because every time I see you with him, I'm like, this can't be who I know, but I don't know you. So again, who are you? Just let me know. And I hate to say it because sometimes like, not who you, I don't want to say who you date, but literally sometimes who you date will kind of give people a sneak peek in your life. Because it's like, this is what you like? <laughs> with that with that Maddie character? Yeah, Taylor Swift. But although I peeped that a long time ago, I'm not saying Hallie's like Taylor because she's an angel and I love her so much. I mean, I, I can't love her because I don't know her, but like I love her spirit and I love her music. But Taylor Swift, I have to say this because they was, I just watched The Bear. I don't know if you watched The Bear. I just watched The Bear. Season two was incredible. And they had a Taylor Swift song playing because his little five-year-old wanted to listen. Anyways, that soured my mood for like two seconds. And then I was like, you know what? This is a song from when I still liked her. So I'll let it slide. Um, however, comma, she was with this man, this, this ick, icky, sick, Icky, Vicky, Sicky, like, terrible man. 
dirty dancing like, man. Everyone was like, can't 25-year-old teenage girls make mistakes? First of all, she's 30-something. Also, she's just white. You just want to, I don't know. There's just too much to get into. I Never. hate how they do that for Taylor. It's like they're a little itty bitty Taylor. Taylor is a grown woman. Very grown. She's literally an eco-terrorist. I hope y'all didn't forget that. I don't know if I can say this, but the Maddie Healy guy. <laughs> oh my goodness. We got to get to the good stuff. So I'm, I'm going to, but when I read that article Stop. and I read what he said, I wanted to report his Instagram 50 times. No, 50 million times reported, violated. That podcast, listen, he's sick. He's ill. He's nasty. He's vile. It was so strange. Once again, they prove how Black women are ogled and fantasized and fetishized to the masses. Because this is what we've been reduced to? Really mad. Mad. Really? It's like, she's Chinese, whatever, whatever. Her way. Um, and then she... Her. And then, he, and then she come up with that Ice Spice collab right after. Yeah. That was, t I don't care what anybody says. People be like, duh, 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 Taylor, you're so, that was tasteless of Taylor. That was so like out of touch reality. Like, have you ever, and it's like, wow, like you really live in your own world, don't you? But you know, I think this also reminds me of the whole thing with Charlotte, like in the show. Cause I don't know about that woman in real life. I heard she was a little wacky. Of course she was. She was in love with King George III. However, comma. So like we were saying, like the whole thing, okay. So my thing was when they were, this is, there's a scene like in the beginning, near the beginning where the, where the princess in waiting, whatever, what is, what's King George's mom's name? Whatever her title is, like the princess something, something. Like the dowager queen princess, yeah. something like that. The dowager princess or whatever. There's a scene where she's examining charlotte and this reminds me of like am i just an object like am i because it literally feels like when they were checking slaves for help like she looks at her guy i didn't want to say it but mouth. she like tells her to peel back her eyes like it's just very very weird and she's like you're so dark like it just feels like slave trading to me and it was I, very 12 years a slave and it was very intentional and i know that but that's one of the main things that i feel like i noticed one of my immediate like things because it's like whoa <laughs> I get I'm from Germany, but like Negroes are everywhere. I'm so sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. When she said she's rather brown, like she's quite dark. I was like, I, I had to remember that back in this day, I had to remember two different, we're in two different rounds right now. Right. Because I kind of felt like, and here's the, like, have you ever ran into those people who were like, Oh, why do they keep blackwashing historical fiction mm -hmm. and stuff, and all this stuff? And it's like because it's historical fiction, like <laughs> it's fake. Like where nobody's taking this too serious, but y'all. But in that moment, I can kind of see. I can kind of see like it was definitely a bit trickery to watch because from the beginning. They had this idea in this image. And I know that this is just like, this is where the fiction part is and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But they're kind of looking at her and it's kind of like they're two steps away from saying, we didn't want a black woman. Right. And I was like, it was nice to see George fall in love with that <laughs> black woman. It was like a, look at y'all. No treat. But I also think it's interesting because you know that painting scene, again, the context is like, there's a scene where they're doing the royal portrait and Queen Charlotte basically goes, because she's queen by now. 
Um, she's like, that's not what my skin looks like, like painted darker like it really is. And the Dowager Princess is like, no, paint it lighter. She wants, she needs to glow. And someone was like, well, in real life, like it is rumored that she was biracial, but because of like the way they painted her, like we'll never know what she actually looked like. True. And I definitely do see like there were, it. they were very like smart in how they hit those points, like that mm -hmm. little hint of colorism, because even though it's like she's a light-skinned woman and in real life queen charlotte is kind of like racially ambiguous to us as the people because we're not historians we can't go back and find out right but in the show it kind of tackles that point where it's like even though she's a fair she's fair skinned like she's pretty light-skinned the character and you can see how the dowager princess kind of is like mm-mm you need to be lighter and she already light <laughs> no and then the thing is okay i guess we can get into the very beginning of the plot now like because i we've been jumping a little bit but foundation right so queen charlotte comes here from germany stick to her stomach because she didn't want to get married this was not her point at all stick to her stomach and her whalebone corsets she goes and then there's the wedding scene first of all you haven't seen that scene from that to doom thing where she's trying to jump over that wall I was sticking out to the crumbs for months, for like a literal year, trying to be like, wow. I was obsessed with that. I watched it like almost every other day. There's a, there's a certain energy in that scene that like, I feel like you just are like genuinely like attracted to. Like, it's like a magnetic scene. Like something about the way they're like looking at each other, like, ah. Anyways, that scene, yeah. That's what got Their me- chemistry. Their chemistry. That's what, that's what happened. That's what sparked all the shippers. Like. I can't deny that the chemistry was really good. Mm -hmm. And that was one of your first scenes too. Like y'all just did that off the bat. Like y'all didn't even say like, hey, how are you? My name is, you said, I see you're trying to climb over the garden wall to get away from me so he doesn't marry me. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was so cynical. Like that's what made the, the story so good. It was that, that sense of, now I don't want to say humor, but it's that sense of realism in this fiction. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, she wouldn't have been able to leave him. But a point that I do want to make. Have you like... Okay, so Charlotte's brother says to her, kind of like, you're the first of this kind. Like, look at you, a Black girl going to be the Queen of England. And then Lady Danbury says it to her again, like, you're the first of our kind to be up here. Have you ever noticed how Shonda throws that in there? Like, she did it in Scandal. Where, where Olivia Pope's dad was kind of telling her, like, you're the first of the first. Like, you have to be 10 times greater because you're Black. She Shonda don't be slick. She thinks she'd be nudging it in there, but I think she, like, because the thing is, when for, when Richardson first came out, everyone said it was going to be, like, this great periodic period drama about, like, race relations and stuff like that. And it was just that one scene, like, our queen fell in love with our king. And that is the reason why we get to be next to these white people today, right? That was like, <laughs> yes, yes. You can make a bunch of mistakes and do a bunch of outrageous things and still be loved. And I think that that was really important for South Asian girls to see and all girls of color to see, but I would love that for me. I still definitely feel like we, in, in the like rights of arts and media, we have a long way to go when it comes to coming of age stories and not just Black youth, but specifically Black women and young Black girls, because we don't really get a lot of Never Have I Evers. Mm -hmm. 
but we'll get a lot of like just the uh just a girl from the uh it, i forgot what it's called i have to send it to you but it's a, a story about a young black girl she's growing up in new york and she but the movie is she's a teen mother in the movie she becomes a teen mother so here we go a young black girl gonna you think it's gonna be a clean a nice coming of age story but here we go we give her a struggle so a black a young black girl can't be she can't have her coming of age without having a struggle because we struggle to come of age that's kind of the message that they portray mm -hmm. i think that like and this is kind of sad because even this movie's not but like poetic justice really spoke to me for so many reasons because obviously like but the thing is like even justice was like super depressed because her boyfriend like died and everything like that but like that was one where i just saw people living like they were just like it was the first time i really saw like a teenage girl just like living like she went to a cookout and she just met this guy and it was like so random like she's just doing stuff with her life like there's no real plot like it's just like she's it's just a really random movie like there's no plot she's just going somewhere and like I kind of love that like I love the structure of the story first but like also I just love the actual story because it's like this is the first time like obviously her story is still not perfect in the sense of like having a positive you know life because mm -hmm. obviously that is like I feel like that one was more relatable to me than like every time I see someone it's like I have a crack baby like because people do I mean I just don't it's crazy like, <laughs> like now, what am I gonna do with this and I'm not going to get too into this because this movie made me so upset. I know people love that movie. The Hate You Give was to me. <laughs> I, okay, here's my thing. The movie was good, right? But the thing is, it's- Never seen it. It's, you don't need to. You don't need to. Um, Never seen it. But here's my thing. I'm just going to spoil it real quick. But like, so there's a scene. What's not really spoiled? What happened at the beginning? So you know how her friend, so her friend is a victim of like- Yeah, he gets shot at that at that party yeah like so he's leaving the party whatever they're shutting it down the police is like put the gun down right it's a damn hairbrush right but the thing is in the book like he didn't lift the hairbrush he did everything right and that was the whole point the point is you right. can do everything right and they will still good on you in the movie they made him lift the hairbrush and to me it felt like a slight because it's like you're going to try to represent us and represent a modern issue but you're still going to make it this black child's fault like oh he picked up the hairbrush trying to be funny the, the whole time he had his hands on the dash like he was like yes sir no sir whatever he gets up the, I read the book exactly that is what happened and i remember i seen that specific clip like that was the that is the clip that made me say maybe i'll skip this movie because just the idea of him being so i don't want to say nonchalant but they made him seem so the police pulling me over. Let me get my hair, brush and brush my hair. When in reality, no one would do that. None of us exactly. Would do that. That's not realistic. And for a lot of young black men, when this happens in their mind, they're not nonchalant. They're terrified. They're not nonchalant at all. The only thing they're trying to do is keep them hands straight and keep that temper composed. Right. So, so I feel like that's my biggest. Uh, when it comes to stories like these, because it's like, we'll have a great book. And the book, Chef's Kiss, like the book will be like, yes, Black people coming of age. Uppity, yay. And then they make a movie out of it. And it's like, y'all could have kept that. Because mm -mm. I feel like the wrong people, and I'm not saying this in like a mean way, but the wrong people are making the movies. Like the reason that we get like Never Have I Evers is because Mindy Kaling made it. Like she said, I have a vision. Exo, exo, kitty. Exactly. Like Jenny Han was like, 
I'm not waging, but I like them. So I'm going to put another <laughs> waging in this story and she's going to have a good time. It was a bit strange to me. I do think it was a bit strange because when I look at it, because I, I I got into like this discord about how um the main character of Never Have I Ever, they were like, why does she look? Why does she look so Asian compared to her sisters? And I was like, it's based on that lady. That lady is Asian. Like, that <laughs> lady looks Asian. Also three different types of Asian. Only one of, okay, so Kitty in real life is Asian. She's white and like, she's white and Chinese, right? So she's the only Asian. Mind you. She need a Korean to have that girl in culture. No, none of them are Korean. So Lara Jean is fully Vietnamese. Her sister, uh, Margo, Margo, is mm-hmm. Korean. And they're not even the same. Like, I would think, like, if you're going to make them all different Asian people, like, put them in the same part of Asia. Like, if we're all going to be Asian in different <laughs> like, she was like, no, let's go for, like, a different continent altogether. Like, obviously, they fit the part. Asian, but, like, why am I Polynesian and you're East Asian and we supposed to be sisters? And we supposed to be waiting. <laughs> Both this of- is giving culture clash. <laughs> Like, at least put me in a neighboring country. Like, I don't know. That had me tickled. I definitely do think. But even then, it's like, I get the representation, but sometimes they don't They don't be the rep- represent what they represent. But they still do it. But they do it respectfully. Yeah. I will say they do it respectfully. Because there are, like, there's this new movie show, whatever it's called. I think it's called like something Mona Lisa from the Black Moon or Black Sea. I'll send that to you too. And they're portraying like this pimp bottom girl relationship. And they're Asian. And the man has dreads down his back. I can't even call him locks. I can't even call him locks. He has dreads down his back. Like his dreads are longer than Damian Marley's. And I'm like, is he blazing? Like, what's going on? Because he kind of looks black, but he, you know, typically looks Asian, but his skin is, and, I, and the hair is, me and him had the same thing going on. Stop. I'm going to start crying. And when I seen it, I said, although I do love a good random flick, I wish sometimes they would leave us alone. I wish they would leave us alone sometimes. Because where we get the Queen Charlotte stories, which portray Black girls in this light, because although Queen Charlotte had her ups and downs with her man, mm-hmm. Lord, she still was not portray- portrayed in a negative light. Right. It was still that historical aspect on top of her being being able to be soft, a queen, and young. Right, and she showed, sorry. sorry, she showed how to be strong through that through her struggle. Mm-hmm. And she was also allowed to be innocent, like she was allowed to be naive. Yes. Like, they taught her, but the thing is, like, no one was like, "Oh, you're stupid," or like, "Shouldn't you know this?" Because I feel like, especially like, I, this is something that I've noticed just like in my personal life, like people expect you to know so many things because of where you come from. Why would I know how to smoke crack out of my? <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh Lord! Like, why would I 
why do you expect me to be like I don't know and this is not to dig at anybody but like you expect me to be an underage drinker or like a rule breaker like I'm not gonna hold you I'm a loser like I'm a goody two-shoes and I'm gonna stick beside every time and it's okay if you're not but like you shouldn't assume things you know what I mean and I definitely feel like that's what comes with this specific part of growing up like a lot of times you know you get into new things and sometimes you, you you this is a new chapter of life and my whole thing with that is there there comes the part where you have to go through the oh you don't do this oh right. you don't want to try this and where for somebody yes they've done it but you have not it's kind of like don't make me out to be a square because of certain things that I'm not into or haven't done. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I feel like the one thing that black girls our age and just black women are not entitled to is our innocence. Right. We aren't entitled to our innocence. And I, I truly believe like feminism, you know, which feminism oh, I mean, Stop. that is the main thing that I'd like them to address because it's supposed to be all women. Mm -hmm. and you know, but nobody addresses how Black girls are not entitled to their innocence. Right. And also, before I get into what I'm going to say, y'all, I'm not a loser. I was saying that to prove a point. I this was hypothetically. Hypothetically, like, I'm not a loser. <laughs> personally, me personally. But also, like you said, like, and I think that's one thing that really made me like want to watch the show. Cause I was like, yes, like he's like pro, like yes, history is getting in the way of this historical fiction for me. However, you are allowing her to be like a real person and like a full form person. And like, she's able to get angry without it being like, oh, you're always like that. She's able to be a full person with full emotions. But also onto the innocence thing, like there have been so many times where people are like, oh, like, you know what I mean? Like I thought you'd be more into this or more experienced or whatever, whatever. Um. First of all, where do you, first of all, there's just so much to unpack because obviously where we are too, like, where are you getting access? Like, we all went to the same school, had the same classes, and we turned out very differently. I'm also just very curious where these kids are going in their free time. Like, as we're growing up and doing these own things, because no, this is, I'm not going to say the names, but when he, when we were in class, story time, guys, we were in class, me and Ava were in class, and basically we were talking about when we're going to go to college and like trying new things oh my god <laughs> trying new things and stuff like that and basically one of our friends I don't know if I'd call him a friend but one of our classmates was basically asking me <laughs> asking Ava if she was gonna be like snorting lines of coke in college <laughs> and just for facts everyone I'm going to an HBCU the illustrious Clark Atlanta University that out, so then I literally looked at him and I said, you tell me where I'm going to get the Coke when I'm at my HBCU. You tell me where I'm going to get it. Because first of all, I'll be in my dorm eating a cup of noodles, wishing on a star for a dollar. I'm not wasting it on Coke. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing was so strange, but it's also like, if you know me and Ava, like, because he was asking the both of us kind of, and I get where he's coming from with me. Because my school is going to be filled with a bunch of rich kids, probably. I don't know. But, like, also, why do you think that we're going to go to college, right, after all these years of working this hard to get into college, right? And do coke. <laughs> and then go do coke. Oh, my goodness. 
like even the things that like and it's so strange to me like who are you who are you who do you think that I am but I definitely think like I will say like personality wise like sometimes I do find myself being pushed into like certain stereotypes and this or that and people kind of get shocked when it's the complete opposite or when it's really like not that and I kind of have to think I don't even want to say don't judge a book by its cover but get to get open the book <laughs> I mean, read the book tag part on the side like at least read the summary before you start saying this gonna be this type of book because there are because I cannot say like oh oh, I've never done this and I've never done that. Because I'd be lying. Because what I can say is I've lived. Not and I'm, I'm here to tell the story of what I've lived. But on top of me living and doing like stupid teenage stuff that I've done, I will never go out and say, oh, I've been did that. I'm, I still have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. I'm only 18. And who's to say I won't try anything? I won't try Coke. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but I know that I will try like, like skydiving or crazy stuff like that. Like I know that there's a lot of life to live. And sometimes like when I say to people like, you know, yeah, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. They're kind of like, you would want to do that. Right. Get to know the book. Right. Read the book. Open the book. Right. A person is more... A person is more than who they are on the surface. But because when you, because this all goes back to black girls, especially these years, we are not allowed to be innocent. Like we have to be doing the most conniving, downest things ever. And it's like, while there is nothing wrong with that, you cannot automatically assume everyone is doing that. Right. That's how you make people uncomfortable. Right. And the thing is, like, I know this happened to my mom too, because I'm, this is like for context, my mom is also six feet tall. So she's dark skinned. She's a very, very beautiful woman. And she's six feet tall. So everyone always thought she was older than she was. Mm. And so people were like, basically, they assumed she would take advantage of that because, like, you know, especially back in the day, like, dark skinned girls were seen as somehow faster or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yep. And so, like, she's just this nice girl, you know, on attracting whatever. And people, would make these assumptions about her because she's tall like oh you must go out to the club and pretend to be this age or whatever it's just like assume like can she live can she she's breathe trying to live her life she's trying to live her life like and i've noticed that even my friends like or even how they treat some of my friends now or not they this is like middle school but middle school was a beast you know what i mean oh lord my friend and my friend was the tallest girl in the grade for real and they basically would like say stuff and she's black and they're like oh like you're a man whatever whatever like da -da -da. Like, and that's one thing that I'm glad we can leave out of fiction. Like, let's keep that. I mean, let's not have a reality either. But like, the last thing I want to do is open up a book <laughs> or open up my laptop to watch something on Netflix and then be like, I don't know, like some things I feel like we can leave to the side. And that's why I think the representation is important too. Because like, I don't always need to be, even with Never Have I Ever, when they started talking about her, they was getting on her appearance all first season. Like, oh, like you look like, you're so hairy, this is that, third. And I feel like that's one thing too. Like, can can we just love ourselves for once? Yeah. We like I, ourselves. There's like a big dissonance between black girls accepting themselves and then not even just black girls, women of color accepting themselves. And then it's them being like, 
like they're trying too hard or oh whose approval do you want my own like I want to love me and I just I feel like where they apply the stereotypes you kind of have to just look at those and be like I don't want to say embrace because I definitely do embrace the stereotypes that are applied to me Mm -hmm. loud ignorant like I can give you all of what you're saying that I am I can give you that because it's what you want from me Mm -hmm. now when I give that to you, it's all about how you react. So I always like to think about it like this. Before you go and like apply that stereotype to someone or assume this thing about someone based on how they look, how they act, or how they may even carry themselves, remember, when they give it to you, <laughs> when they give it to you, what are you going to do? No, right. Like, this is such a minor thing, but like, no, it's not. <laughs> but... I'm like a naturally loud person and it's just because it's not because I'm black it's because I'm from a naturally loud family and I think it's also because they're just from New York and New Yorkers are like known to be loud because they got the city buzzing in the background every five seconds I need you to right. shut so I've always been like a loud person and I'm also a fast talker that's just how I was raised and so when I come to school and it's like I noticed for a while I was like trying to like reject it like revoke it like you ever hear does someone ever say like wow you talk a lot or like you're still talking and then you go mute for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. that's what I was at and I was like you know what like I'm not doing this anymore and if I want to put my hillbilly accent on because I'm from the south and I have an accent sometimes then I'm gonna do that too I'm gonna talk however I want to talk and you're gonna get this yuck yuck hey there how are you right whatever I give you you're gonna take so if I'm gonna I'm gonna talk fast the way I talk and you're gonna take that and if I want to say something in an accent that I picked up from my family or from where I'm from, then you're going to take that too. And you're going to listen. And I feel like that is the best way to settle in who you are, knowing that this is just who I am. This is just what comes with me. And a lot of times, like, like the, the new male podcasters kind of will say, oh, we don't want women that do this and that and that. There is somebody that does. Right. I well, I love myself, so I don't need you to kind of tell me how I should fix myself, how I should tune myself. I am not a violin. <laughs> I don't need to be tuned. I know this is a little off topic. Speaking of violins, have you seen the, I'm about to butcher this, the Chevalier? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Like, I don't know. Really good. Okay. I feel like Black men... I we were just on black women, but I wanted to say this real quick. I feel like black men, I love when black men are allowed to take roles outside of being mean, nasty, aggressive, and a thug. <laughs> I love that. I love when black men are allowed to be soft. Black yeah. men are allowed to be artsy. Black men, hell, they're allowed to be feminine. It, it it's truly when I when I see stuff like that, it, it gives me hope for art and for media because a lot of people forget that movies and TV shows, these are a form of art. And what we need is more Black authors and more Black writers. We need to pay them, of course. Right. And we need to pick they up are needed. Stuff. We need to pick up their stuff. Because the thing is, the people are writing stuff. They are. But nobody's supporting it. They have to support it. They get no advertisement because they're self-publishing or they do get published and it's like, oh, it's a one-hit wonder. 
or whatever because people aren't picking it up people are picking up emily henry and right you know i have my bones to pick with that woman but i say this literally every time i bring her up so let me let this one go and protect my peace however comma people will pick up like people will be like oh my gosh i need a new fantasy book and then i'd be like oh read legendborn and they were like no not urban fantasy i hate urban no like also when rihanna was like i'm giving the people urban representation for the super bowl just say black why are you urban i just think urban it's to me urban is like the past tense of woke yeah like because people made woke this woke just means black to white people now like people like you made it woke and you're You're so liberal they make it liberal or something like they'll be like you're so liberal you want to be woke like how does this correlate right like because I said I want it right like I'm just confused like I just but you know what I had to protect my peace too because I remember when I was in middle school I was literally online fighting with these grown white men about all these different issues thinking that oh I'm so mature oh I'm so smart no they're immature and they're childish and they're losers that's exactly what it is it's them and you have to let it go you have to let it go and I definitely feel like when because I've been called urban and I always like tell my friend I always would tell him like what is urban like like I've been I cannot lie I have I've been in circles where I was literally called the the black friend and because I was urban and I would kind of be like I know what you're saying (laughs) you're calling me ghetto (laughs) and where I can laugh about it now back then I didn't understand when when we say when they say urban you have to pay attention to who's saying it because Mm -hmm. Urban is just another word for ghetto to a lot of people. Yeah. And urban is another word for black. And I understand that, but I feel like derogatory in yeah, a way. Immediately. I love how black people have taken that. Black people have been able to take the derogatory things and put such a nice positive spin on it. The people hate that. And then they come up with something else to make it feel like, oh, well, you took that word, but I'm going to give you this one. I just feel like if y'all gonna keep throwing words at me, I'm gonna keep saying the same stuff. Like when they said that Little Mermaid was too woke, you just meant that you didn't like that there was a black girl as the lead. Cause y'all was sure, y'all was sure feeding over that Jamaican crab both times. So you don't have a problem with a little, with a little black crab. What's his name, David? Yes, oh my God. I love David and all, but he did not do my people justice. So when I first heard the accent myself, I said, well, this is the best they could do. <laughs> and then the thing is, when I watched the interviews and he was like, I had to figure out, like, you know, was he English educated? Like, what, how would these things impact his accent? I was like, I crap. <laughs> but that French accent he had down packed, I didn't know what Lafayette was saying. I do want to talk about it. If you can get a French accent, Patois is... Patois English, Patlish, whatever you want to call it, is mm-hmm. way easier than French French English. Like, like, and he did it. He he kind of like perfected that. It's not that hard to perfect this. Like, you could have hired a Jamaican. You could have hired a Jamaican. A Jamaican would have came and did it for ten dollars an hour. You got the money. But I definitely feel like. I, I, from what I've seen so far, I like it. Like, I don't get the whole, I hate how they try to 
racism. The narrative that they push, I don't know. Anything they say, I say, bam, racist. That's not true. Some things are valid, but. Because who was going to do it? Who was going to do it like Hallie? Even the director sat and said, that's we, who was going to do it like her? She came in and sang me to tears. Like if everybody was crying at your audition and not in a bad way, then maybe, I don't know, maybe just maybe you should get the role. And like, then when she wouldn't have gotten the role because she's black, the movie would have flopped. She already got something against her. They chose her anyways. And all y'all who was like, oh, I'm going to watch it because her voice, but I'm going to hate watch it. You still watched it because you were so drawn in by her voice, that siren freaking song. Come on now, be serious. And it's so strange because this goes back into what you said about like there are black writers there are black dudes like but nobody's tuning in this is true it's like kind of like once somebody will see black on the cover they're kind of turned off immediately almost yes. like i notice this a lot with book talk too and i try not to be on her too much but also i do because i think it's so funny but sometimes i'll be like what do you mean tall dark and handsome and you're talking about damon salvatore like that's where you lose me and that's where there's a big disconnect because they take things like if i'm saying if i'm saying you're tall dark and handsome first of all i would never say those three words together in that order but if i was saying that i'm talking about like what's his name what's his name dancing interest is that his name oh lord yes that is tall dark and handsome. And i'm gonna pull him up just for just for our personal enjoyment you know why is it blurred i hate my life but you can get his vibe you don't even have to worry i see it like I put him tall, dark, and handsome. Like that's who I mean. I just need you to know that. And him and Lori Harvey, they can have that, and they can be happy. They was trying to clown him. I love when black boys get to be happy. I do. I don't care. I really do love when black boys get to be happy. When 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 a black author says tall, dark, and handsome, they pull up an olive-skinned man <laughs> and give him a ten and give us tall, dark, and handsome. We want tall, dark, and handsome. We want the Trevantes of the world. I know you probably can't see it, but Trevante Rhodes, like he was in Moonlight, tall, dark, and handsome. We yeah. want the, the Michael B. Jordans because Michael B. Jordan is a brown skinned man. He isn't that, but he's brown skinned. We want the, we want black men to be rom com corny. I want it. Like, that's why, even though, because you know, Gabrielle Union is apparently like beefing with a 20 year old or something like that. So she casted her boyfriend. So she casted her boyfriend as her love interest in a movie. Ryan Destiny and Keith Powers. Oh, she's so evil. Like, she was so evil. Because why we get some corny stuff? Like, I want all them JLo movies. JLo was so funny for that. And I respect it. JLo was the queen of rom com. Tall, dark, and handsome. And J-Lo always had a tall, blonde man by her side. J-Lo is the only... J-Lo has played more maids and rom-coms for the plot. It's like, J-Lo, girl, you don't have to be a maid in every movie. My thing is also, like, you are the plot. Like, you don't even have a plot near the end. And that's okay. She'd be like, get up, Amar. And they're like, I love you. <laughs> My favorite one... Is the one where she's the um oh gosh the the bride lady she's the bridal yes the wedding planner and her heel gets stuck in the thing and then the lady's husband falls in love her I don't care what nobody say I like that <laughs> I thought that was cute 
I don't remember I don't remember that well because I was like in middle school but I remember there's this one where she was like pregnant like she was like I give up on love I'm gonna get artificially inseminated the next day she met the love of her life <laughs> and so she was like so they hook up and she's like I'm pregnant he was like I don't think it works that fast oh my goodness and then so she's raising these babies fall in love and then they like get together and have their little family j-lo is the i don't look say one thing say what you want about j-lo but her audacity to step into the world of rom-com yeah. as a latina woman i love that for her right. because she was able to break into a field regardless of how she might describe herself or anything like that she was definitely able to break into a field vanilla white mm-hmm. there's not a lot of black rom-coms there's not or at least not from any time recent like it's like they don't know how to write black rom-coms but it's not that they don't know how they don't want to because it's almost like there are black writers in all these rooms not all of them <laughs> shoot not all of them but there's a good amount of black writers out here and you were like, let me not listen to you though. Like, let me just do my own thing and make another Hallmark movie. That's why I'm glad yeah. Roland took over Hallmark, period. That's one thing about it. The Hallmark channel does it good and they do it right. <laughs> they do it right. That's a shame. That, that's what we go to. Like, we have to resort to, to Christmas. Stop. We gotta resort to Christmas for a good love story. But there is a movie that there's a movie book that I wanted to talk to you about too. And it's called Brother. And it's about these obviously these two brothers. And they like explore, you know, like masculinity, family race, identity. And they're in Canada, of course, you know, gotta be in Canada. What? And it's like, so I'm gonna paint the scene. It's summer 1991. We're in Scarborough, Canada. We're Jamaican. Okay. We're Jamaican. Okay. Um my I'm the younger brother. My older brother is this it, oh, I'm going off the movie. Let me stick to the book. Is <laughs> this like this strong type dude? Like he's strong, he's artsy, he loves music, he's a cool cat. Everybody loves him. Like everybody loves Francis because his name is Francis. And me and Francis one day were going out and we have an encounter with the police. Mm-hmm. Francis gets shot. Francis dies. Now I'm trying to carry on the legacy for Francis because you know Francis was a good man. Mm-hmm. They took that and adapted it into a movie. I don't see everybody raving about this movie. Instead, you know what I saw people saying? What? Oh, I'm not gonna go watch this because I'm tired of seeing black people go through this, and I'm tired of black struggling. <laughs> I said, hold on, this is a good film. And it's a short film. Like they turned it into a short film and that's actually really hard to do based off of those types of long books. I am going to watch it and I want to actually watch the whole thing so I can get a better view of the movie. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you who's playing Francis. You're going to be like, who's this? So it's this actor from London. His name is Aaron Pierre. I'm looking at him as we speak please do and you're gonna be like oh he's playing Mufasa in the Lion King prequel okay he is so handsome lord he made me want to jump through the screen and I wanted to protect Francis and what stuck out to me not just his acting because his acting is phenomenal and he's he's able to mask his British accent 
and do an American one, do a Canadian, all of that. It's a mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. They asked him, what is masculinity to you? Mm-hmm. We know this is what gets, <laughs> when you ask these actors, what's masculinity mean to you? Oh, being a real man, this is that. Mm-hmm. they get crazy. And he said, what he said was very telling. I think he said something very much along the lines of like, you know, masculinity to me is just whatever you define it to be. Mm-hmm. Because my masculine might not be my my peers' masculine or my father's masculine. So it's kind of whatever you make it to be. And when I heard that, I said, I wish more Black men would be comfortable in their identity to just sit in it. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to be this. Know that I am who I am. And you are who you are. Mm-hmm. And I definitely will be tuning in because of the actors, like the actors, the brothers that played the brothers in the movie, like they're really good men. Like they're good people and humans, like they're sweet humans. And it's not every day. I don't want to name drop, but Jonathan Majors, there's, it's not every day. It's not every day that you get a good male actor who can just keep it clean. I don't know what you do in your private life, but you ain't never let your private life spill over to your public one. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. And I will say, I'm going to send you like the book description so you can read up on the characters and everything. But I've been trying to get into more black lit because like, I do read a lot of dark stories. I don't really read a lot of happy stories. So I've been trying to get more so into lighter literature like rom- romance and all that stuff because yeah. i need some book rec i need some book i rec- got you oh my gosh okay i'm i'm gonna start spitfiring right now no i'm not um that's a lot of pressure but okay book that i can say for sure is light it's cute but it still has a little bit of like it's not too light like they have like issues um highly suspicious and unfairly cute by what's your name i like her talia um hibbit Hibbert. Let me write this down. Right. Yeah. I'm going to text it to you. Yeah. Highly suspicious and unfairly cute. That's a good one. Rom-com. Best. Okay. So it was like best friends to enemies to friends to lovers. Okay. I can work with this. Mm-hmm. So that one was good. They're British, which is funny because they have like a little British index of slang because they was like, I know you don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> at the beginning of the book. Um, this one's not really a romance. But Legendborn, you know, that's my writer. Like, I'm always going to speak on that one. Um, I mean, she be kissing people and folks. So I feel like you can count that if you want to. So, yeah, I might actually have to be rude soon now that I'm talking about it. Because <laughs> um, it's just that good. Like, that's that girl, period. Um, this is not a personal statement. She's not Black. She's Filipina. But it's good. It's good. It's not a romance, um, but it's like, it's contemporary. It's kind of fun. Like she's basically trying to pretend she's a college student. Like, so she's this like, basically she's like this genius high schooler and she like skipped the double grades. Like everyone thought she was so smart. She applied to one school and didn't get in. She was like, but she was like, I can't let anybody know. Like I have to do this. So like faked her acceptance letter and like faked her financial aid, like faked everything. 
pretended to be at the school and she was like, I'll just apply for spring semester. Like, I'm going to go to the school. I'm going to learn the mindset of the students that they want that got accepted here. And I'm going to become that student and apply. She's unhinged and I love it. And that's a good book. That's a that's good book. That sounds like a good book. Yeah, that was, that was, listen, that was a book. I said, wait, why are you climbing up a tree to get into a dorm room? Oh my God. Like, why are you stressing me? Stop stressing me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What's the other one? Do you like sports romance? Do you know? I can do a sports romance. Okay, there's this one. It's um hockey. Like, basically, I don't remember what she does, but he's a hockey player, and he basically, like, beat the other team so bad, they beat him up in the parking lot after the game, and he got amnesia. So... They was like best friends, right? <laughs> this is one, this is one of my wilder books. Like usually I read books tethered in reality. This one is like not, but this one was kind of fun. So basically, so she's like a video gamer. She's like a streamer or whatever. And he's what like- this called? Cause I feel like I've seen this. You probably have. It's called Study Disposition. You heard of that? Yes, I have. <laughs> like, it's just one of those books. Like, you know, some books are like bad, but they're fun. Yes. This book is just fun. Like it's not bad. It's just something different than what I usually read. I was like, let me get a break. Let me get some fresh air. And it's really short. Um, it's cute. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, so that one was kind of fun. His amnesia thing had me so upset because I was like, what do you mean? Like, you don't remember saying that you were going to meet her and she was the love of your life. Like, but then he'd have like these feelings. He's like, why is he on? Like, why is he talking to her? Like, I'm so jealous, but like, I won't do anything because she deserves happiness. And I don't even remember who I was. Like, I don't remember who she fell in love with. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> well can we just take a breather get on the ice do some laps and calm down like this makes me think of a show well first there's this book when you were talking about the girl who faked being a college student it reminded me of this book i can't remember the author japanese author but it's called i want to kick you in the back craziest book literally it's about this girl who's she's i think she's obsessed with an idol mm -hmm. And she kind of is just like, mm -mm. she like is so consumed by the idol mm -hmm. that she's kind of like, every time I see you, but the thing I've learned about Japanese books, they are so literal to the title. Mm -hmm. The title is I want to kick you in the back. That's what she's trying to do. Like, this is her, this is her villain origin, origin story. You, you're the villain, but he's a really good guy. Mm-hmm. That is one that I think you'll like. It's not really a dark one. It's more of a lighter story. It just definitely involves crazed, obsessed fans. Mm -hmm. But that is one. And I just had the thought in my mind, but the thought said, I'm going to walk away. I read this book called Almond, and it, it informed me. List. That's on my list. Is it good? It's good. I really do like it. And I feel like at first you're kind of going to be like, all right what's the plot right but then as you keep reading you're gonna realize like okay it's like a dark coming of age okay speaking it's not go ahead speaking of coming of age so did you hear about the new Halle Bailey movie that's not Little Mermaid yes I want to watch it so bad I'm watching it because the whole like uh, the whole like infiltrating the fraternity and she's like this rebel who's like not into the main character i saw this clip and it was like do you want to go out sometime and she admitted she, she said no ew and i said 
I need to watch this. Let me tell you, I'm definitely watching it because it was, it's another clip, like, they're going to be, they're kind of like sneaky linking, which oh. is college culture, of course, sneaky mm -hmm. links. So they're basically doing that. And she's like, I want to hear your friends. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, you would not want to meet them. They're like a-holes. They're like horrible people. Because mm -hmm. he's trying to hide the frat and that frat life. And so she's like, why don't you want me to meet your friends? And he's like, let's, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about well, me and you. Have you ever watched Love Island? Of course I have. Of course I, I have. am deeply immersed in Love Island UK right now. I am behind, but I've been watching all the live tweets, so I kind of know who people are. So I, you can just say it anyway, then I don't care. Tyreek and Ella, I am rooting for them, mm -hmm. but I know they're not going to make it. What What do they got going on? What is got? I know a man like Tariq. Okay. I know the Tariq man archetype. He likes Ella, or because I've seen another clip and it's like, does he like Catherine? Mm -hmm. He likes a woman that he cannot have, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And on top of liking a woman that he cannot have, he's a man who's emotionally closed off almost. Anthony before Kate. Literally, like, you can just tell he's trying his hardest not to like her. Mm -hmm. Which has a lot of the viewers like, oh, he doesn't like her, he doesn't like her. But I'm like, no, I see right through this. He does like her. Mm -hmm. But he feels like he can't, he feel like he can't let his guard down. So what's happening is he's self-sabotaging himself. Mm -hmm. And their arguments, like, this, I've never seen Love Island like this before. Look, this Love Island is a mess. Nobody in the house is solidified in a relationship. Oh. I'm serious, like, the black, the black girls are beautiful. Mm -hmm. as always they always are beautiful but it's like the men you know it's just majority white men they are white middle eastern they are like playing with their emotions so one of the guys sat down this girl Catherine, and he basically said to her like yeah i just don't know i really want to get to know leah which is a white girl and he was like i just i don't think i want to get to know you this this, and that and so she was like okay and he was like is that all you have to say to me and she said yeah <laughs> He was like, well, I expected you to react a different way. And she was like, I think we should just end this conversation. <laughs> like, I think we should just end it. And I love that. Don't chase him. Because mm -hmm. the men on this season are giving, we just want reactions out of the women. Right. Like, we don't like them for real. We just want reactions. Because Tariq got a body count of 100 plus. Stop. Were you you was a man. I just don't even know what to say to that. Because what are you doing? And he's handsome. That's what's killing me. Like, he's very handsome. But when he opens his mouth, because he's a good man, but he has a lot of flaws. Like, when they revealed, they were like, oh, this man has a body count of 100. And he stopped counting the names of the women who he's been with. I said, what? And then he was like, I mean, it's nothing. To How old is he? 25. You ain't even been alive for 25 years, but you ain't even really been living. Uh, he's handsome. So I can understand if his body count was high or something like that, but a hundred? I just think you're so young. Like, when did you start this game? 
I knew his body count was really that high when this girl, Ella, came up to him and was like, we know each other. And he was like, we do? And she was like, yeah, we were just on the show together. And he was like, come closer, let me see your face. And she said, I had a blonde wig on. He said, oh, you know you look really different without that blonde wig. How many women do you see a day that you can't remember a girl? A hundred plus. That's how many. And UK slang is so funny. Like he said, I've never really been in a relationship. I've just kind of been pulling and shagging. I said, pulling and who? No, did you ever hear about that movie? And it was like, Angus Snogs and thong, or Thongs. Some, 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 some. This is what I mean when I say UK slang is like so different. But it's so like, because a lot of UK slang is kind of like Caribbean slang too. So when I hear it, I kind of be thinking like, where are you from? Stop. And why is it London? <laughs> it's called Angus Thongs and in perfect snogging i don't i still to this day don't know what angus means like you could say because i've only heard angus like beef i was about to say isn't it a beef <laughs> but it it gotta be something else i don't know like i really don't know because the boy's name is not angus like i'm so is this the movie with the with the victim aaron taylor johnson he is in that movie he is in that movie oh i want him to leave his wife so bad uh I want him to leave his wife so bad. Everybody's like, no, he's be happy. I never said I don't want him to be happy. <laughs> I said I want him to be free. He's been wait raising children since he was 17. That is crazy though. What do you mean you're 17 raising an 11 year old? This is not shameless. This is not shameless. Oh, oh Lord. I was watching Shameless the other day and I looked at Frank and I said, what does the actor go through to be able to perfect this role of a junkie that beat dad? hell <laughs> <laughs> like what is he doing because he he always looks scruffy mm -hmm. never looking clean frank had to be the dirtiest man in america but he was good tv i, I like the actress though i heard she's fiona? a little questionable yeah I heard she's a little racist in real life but i love fiona she's racist like, I've heard she's very questionable. She said very questionable things. I don't like when I have to ask too many questions. Why are you asking me questions? One time, this girl had divorced parents, and I was like, oh, yeah, my parents aren't together either. And she was like, do you know your dad? Yeah. What? That's such a conversation ender for me. Like, I was like, do you know your dad? And she was like, why would you ask me that? I was like, why would you ask, why would you ask me that? <laughs> Like, I think about that all the time. Or, like, sometimes people, I think, are trying to be, like, nice or, like, curious. This is all middle school, by the way. Because, again, I told you, middle school was a beast. I had my hair, like, I don't know if it was out or if it was blow-dried. But it was, like, it was poofy. Like, it was big. It was really big. I had never really worn my hair like that. But I loved having big hair. Like, I loved it. And this boy that I was talking to, I'll give him that. So, he's not like he couldn't touch me. Like, he was touching me. Then he touched my hair. And I don't think he meant for me to hear this. But, like, he was, like, like a poodle. A poodle. <laughs> and I was like, yo, sometimes you just got to let things go. But this is not one of those things. I feel like it has been kind of traumatizing. Like, I've been asked, is this my real hair before? Mm -hmm. I would hope it is. I would hope that it's mine. But I feel like the most, I feel like I do get compliments when I wear my natural hair out. But I feel like the best compliment I ever got was from my friend in class this 
was probably while we were still in school. And mm -hmm. she kind of said, like, I just love how your head is so small and your hair is so big and your face is so little in your hair. I was like, thanks. Like, you sound like this is odd, but it felt warm coming from her. You know, sometimes friends are just like that. I don't think I've ever, like, because my hair is, like, the way it's patterned, it's kind of not, like, it's like a twist-out kind of hair. Mm. Like, leave-outs are asking for pain and, like, not happiness. You know what I mean? Like, and I've always wanted to do, like, a washing. My mom has, like, the prettiest, like, spirals. It's not that I don't think my curl pattern is cute, because it is cute, but the way it hangs, especially now that it's got longer, like, it just be hanging. Like, you can- Yeah, like, I understand. Very, like, it's very dense, though. So it's just, like, but, like, it doesn't, it doesn't do what I need it to do, basically. So, but it, it twists so beautifully. So I'll do a couple of twist outs. And then I remember I used to get like teased, but like not like bullied or nothing, but like, oh, you never wear your hair out. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I don't really touch it like that because I feel like for the longest time it was like either get your hair braided or learn how to do it. And I was not about to learn how to do it. Um, I don't know. I was like, if my mom doesn't do it, I'm not going to. Because I feel like that was like a really important thing to me, like getting my hair done by my mom. Mm-hmm. Is this just something that you know like brings you guys together? And then I was like, let me put my let me put my pants on, let me put my pants on and do this. And then I did, and I was like, this is so cute, it's so fun. And then it was like, people, it's not like people were ever rude or anything, but it was like you, you know people are curious, and it just is like don't be curious, but like also yes. like I want you to know this, but like I don't want to have to teach you. I that's definitely what, understand. That's what was happening, and I was like okay but the thing is it's not even like because at one point it was just like I have braids in because I'm cheering like I'm sweating all the time like I'm just it's necessary right and so tell me why this is so off topic but it's not I was looking at the cheerleading page for school every single one of the black girls got braids in their head the whole season mind you the season goes from September to March I will have braids in pretty much all of college that's what I'm it, it's very necessary like braids are they're a necessity almost Mm -hmm. The college starter pack needs to include needs to include braids. Stop. No, because no. it's necessary. This is gonna sound so bad, but I have no clue what I just said. Like I don't know where I was going with that hair thing. I, I feel like it led me to that point where what you were saying kind of led me to think, you know, it's always a struggle for black girls to learn how to care for their hair themselves. Mm -hmm. Because nobody's really there to like, my mom used to do my hair for a long time, too. Like, up until, I want to say, seventh grade type thing. And when she stopped, I kind of, I fell into a dark pattern mm -hmm. of getting my hair braided by um, other people and wearing my hair in styles. And back then, nobody said anything because, like, of that era. It was, like, that 2017, 2018 era. So, who cared? But... When I look back upon it, I said, I say to myself, I'm glad I learned how to actually take care of my hair. Yeah. And I can braid, I actually do my own braids and everything. Like I do my own natural protective styles because it's so expensive. It is very expensive these days. Like uh 150 braids that I used to get back in the day is 450. Yeah. I can do 450 myself for $35. <laughs> get some packs. I mastered my little braid outs, my little twist outs. I mastered those for sure. I mastered like the, how I actually wash my hands like that. Only thing yeah. I don't do, I don't do individuals on my hair, but that's because I still have a 150 person. Now when it comes to college. Period. The, the tutorial is going to have to come in handy. Um, 
But I remember one time, this is so funny. I remember one time I asked my mom to help me do something. And she was like, just go to YouTube. That's how I learned. Because her mom didn't really do her hair. Like, so like my mom did my hair and it was like all cute and stuff like that. But I realized like, even my mom had to be like really self-sufficient about it. Mm -hmm. YouTube is a, such a DIY. Yeah. Everything is on YouTube. YouTube is a holy grail almost. Yeah. It has everything. Oh, you want to learn how to make pants? YouTube. No, literally, I used to look at dress patterns. I used to watch wig installs. I've never worn a wig, but I just loved watching them. Like, I think they're so fascinating. I love seeing them talk. Like, because some things I feel like we don't have, like, we don't, at least for me, like, I haven't really been to, like, a hair salon, like, a cultural, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of experience. Like, I've gotten my hair done, and it's been very nice. Like, actually, now, now that I'm older, I have, but, like, you know, like, when the boys go to the barber shop and, like, the girls go to the hair salon, like, Mm -hmm. I, like I mean we just didn't do that so then it was like that was my hair salon and that was like kind of my one of my big experiences because I felt like especially now that I'm I guess because for me like being on the internet I feel like the community there's so many there's so many more people you know what I mean yeah. like to connect with and it's like you can learn so much and so for me it was like really cool because I'm an only child so it's like I got to see like these other girls and like, they're not like my big sisters on the internet or nothing like that, but just seeing how the people do things besides my mom was cool too. Yes, it's definitely such a great, like, it's a, it's, it's a great tool to use for learning experiences because I grew up with my older brother. There's mm -hmm. nothing that me and my older brother have in common. Right. He's a man. <laughs> so there's nothing that we really have in common. And then like, when I started to get into like little things, cause I'm, big I'm very into anime like I'm a very soft rock girly I'm lying hard rock metal soft rock like I'm very oh I'm, I like a very alternative lifestyle and I used to be more fluent in my alternative lifestyle like three four years ago so for him like I literally watched him because he's a person he's very fluid like he's very open to new things to an extent okay so when it was kind of like, I guess I was his YouTube in a way mm -hmm. because he learned different styles and different things that he saw me doing. And he's kind of just like, like, where did you even get into that? Like, mm -hmm. like life in general, because my mom is a big, my mom, I would definitely say if YouTube was never a thing, my mom would definitely be my YouTube because when I tell you that lady has lived. Mm-hmm. My mom lived, used to live in Baltimore. She used to live in Maryland. And when she was growing up, she always told me about these concerts that they used to go to and the parties that they used to go to. And I just think none of that could fly in this day and age. Mm -hmm. She literally said, oh, yeah, I went to a party when I was in 12th grade and I spray painted my hair silver. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, I spray painted. And it was a bob. Yeah, freaking my bob silver. I had a silver jumpsuit. All this. I see you're walking around looking like the moon, man. <laughs> but I definitely feel like from growing up, because on YouTube, I never really. I was watching Shane Dawson and them. Oh, I, <laughs> I was me, going through a lot. I was. And like, obviously, this is before everything, came, like, obviously for both of us. Of course. But like, when I was like 12, I was watching Forks in the Microwave and watching go pop, pop, pop like i still sometimes put a little spoon in there when i forget when i get forgetful like i'm getting old sometimes one time I, 
no we were in the cafeteria and you know the senior section has like the microwave so everyone has to go to the senior section <laughs> but the, this girl had this sandwich wrapped in aluminum foil like a freshman and she put it in there like looked around and was like okay cool put it in there it's like and we're like excuse me excuse me she's like hello i'm like you cannot put that in there she's like huh i'm like you have aluminum foil in the microwave see that's why you need someone stupid to show you she didn't have no youtube she didn't she wasn't on youtube these new kids don't get on youtube no more they just they just living they just doing stuff and then i now you gotta be somebody else's youtube and i gotta hope you don't blow up my school like literally i found that you know getting older we are like a lot of younger people's youtube like yeah they they look at our lives through like a lens, like like binoculars. They're watching us, kind of. Yeah, and it's also weird because I feel like it's it's like a like obviously it's a cycle, but like I didn't realize it's a cycle until people were genuinely like asking me for advice, and I was like, I don't know why you asking me, and they're like, Well, you've done this and that. I'm like, Oh, I guess I have. Um, I guess I have. I guess I have done some things. I I should I suppose I could answer your question. Then I don't know, like being an elder in the sense of like high school is so weird because then it's like people are coming to you like looking to you for things or even like I joined a club when I was freshman like when I was a freshman and then I was the president senior year like these are not things that you really expect they just kind of happen naturally but then it's weird because like people are looking to you for answers and stuff like that and I'm like well but that's also this is going to be like said but like that's also why I think it's so important to have something to look to and that's what we were talking about earlier like whether it's in media whether it's in person like having something or someone to look to is so important because you're gonna mold yourself off of that or take pieces of that definitely and it's almost like a survival guide because I will say for college like there is although it's like that newfound independence Mm -hmm. you are still going to be dependent on so many people and so many things because that faux independence that they trick us into having only goes so far until reality hits you and it's like you're only 18 right you still have to do the buddy system because one either you won't know where you are or two the area is confusing for you three you don't want to you're never never be alone when you're going to college parties or just out in settings you shouldn't really be alone unless it's like the library or something and what i found is with a lot of things now People don't like to help each other. It's so weird. They don't. People don't like to help each other. And it's strange because I'm always so open to helping people that it's like you could text me and be like, hey, what's the link? The QR code. The QR code could literally be on the screen. I'm going to just send it to you. Exactly. People get so mad. Like, it's okay if your friend is not smart. It's okay. And it's, it's literally okay because I feel like this new time is a time of everybody not have like oh everybody feels like they can never have their day you have your day where you're gonna wish somebody sent you the qr code that was on the screen right like and it's especially i see it a lot when kids are talking about like people who are homeless like oh I, that can never be me you don't know what could happen you, you don't, don't know, know what could happen to you, you could be. and it's you just like know. it's not even like you have to give them all your money but like if you can just show them some kindness and respect, show everyone kindness and respect. Like, I get it. You're broke. I'm broke. We all broke. We're kids. Like literally. We're all kids and we're all unemployed. Like, I get it. But if you could just say, hey, have a nice day once in a while. You know what I mean? Like right. mm-hmm. Cause there's no harm in that. And I do believe that sometimes people find 
human decency and common respect like hard to give because you know sometimes you're coming from that place of nobody gave it to me I hate people like that because I feel like like you can just you can you don't have to pass on nastiness because you felt nasty because the thing is you felt bad about feeling nasty so why would you make someone else feel that way and then it's almost like yes that is exactly true and then like sometimes things happen and you it takes a real person to apologize for it happening but then again like I just I prepare myself for the world because for for this new world that I'm going to enter in is what I mean because I know that while I'm going down this road, it's like I'm definitely treading lightly because mm. I've seen some things right now in certain spaces. And it's like, yeah, y'all are not people that I'm not saying they're judgmental, but the acceptance is low. Right. The acceptance is low. And I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that should be socially acceptable. But they're not. And I am just trying to accommodate myself for the space that I'm about to enter into because I know like HBCU culture, we're like we're our own world, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So we're like our own world. I'm preparing myself to enter in to this new world. Am I ready? No. <laughs> but am I excited? Yes. Absolutely. I think that like it's starting to get real, like that health insurance thing. I was talking to you about, like, what do you mean I have to file for health? Like, what are you talking about? I'm going to stay on my mama's, but now I got to tell you I got to stay on my mama's. So now I got to give you my health insurance information and tell you that I'm not going to use your health insurance. Like, it's stuff like this where I'm like, I have to be like an adult for a second. Like, I'm 17. I don't want to do that. But it's also like, it's exciting. Like, I get to go somewhere and be somebody and I can be different if I want. And I can be exactly the same if I want. And I can figure out where that takes me. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to know you but you. Exactly. You can be whoever you want to be. Exactly. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that I've gotten into, like, not want, not having to mold myself. Because I know, like, whatever, wherever the universe leads me, I'll be good as long because it's divine timing. It's God's plan for me. Mm -hmm. So that's really been my mindset, like, walking in just the things that God has laid down and the doors that have been opened and the opportunities that have been offered and handed to me. Okay. Because I know that there is a brighter path and there's going to be, I, I am very, I'm anticipating it. I'm yeah. going to leave it at that. I'm very much anticipating it. Yeah. I think it's all about being open and being ready to embrace what what comes and what's given to you and I think that's what I'm really excited about to see what's given to me and see what I can yes, learn for myself you literally have to keep me updated because I want to live my Ivy life through you literally I'm gonna keep right. you me and I'm living my Harvard life through my friends so I'm gonna get you I'm gonna give you the Harvard life the brown life I'm gonna get you some people I'm gonna we gonna have some people I can get you the UCLA life I got somebody over there you know please do because UCLA I am really anticipating for UCLA 27 no I used to want to go to UCLA. Oh, really? Yes. Well, yeah, but then I, I was like, no. No. <laughs> no. But yeah. So, and even with going to Brown, like that whole thing, because at first I was really set on Vanderbilt. Like I didn't want to be too far right. from home. I want to stay in the South. I like the South. I know people, like the thing is about being in the South, like yes, it's scary to be back in the South, but it's so much like home to be here because there's so many people mm -hmm. 
like you. So I feel like for me, it was like, I know I'm going to have a community if I'm in the South. So I wanted to go there, but that's not what was decided for me. And so now I'm going here, but I realized like when I looked into the school, like I'm actually so like, they don't even have like, they have like, they don't have GPAs. They don't have ranks. Like, it's just like you pass or you fail and you accept it and you keep going and you just like learn from yourself. And I'm like, I've never done anything like this. Like I've never lived like that. So I think just something different is really exciting to me. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something new for you to step into. And the new crowd and everything, I feel like it's it's definitely going to be a time. A good one. I'm going to FaceTime you after this, and I'm going to show you the class of 2027. Okay, you have to. Okay, but yeah. Oh, I guess we should wrap this up, huh? Thank you. <laughs> no, we love you. Um, Thanks, Ava. This was fun. This was so much fun, actually. This is like, this is just them getting a sneak peek into what we talk about on the day to day. But that's all they do because we're so entertaining. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thank you for being here. Thank you so much for being here. I had such a good time with you, obviously. Thank you for having me. But... I'm so honored. <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you to the listeners for listening. Thank you to Zoom for being a pain in our butts. Um, Running us this our less than one minute. Right. So we just go <laughs> up in the middle of me talking like, uh, no, sir. <laughs> Thank you and good night.